Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Design Recharge. My name is Diane Gibbs and I'm the host and I am a graphic design professor as well as I've been a graphic designer for over 15 years. So I've always wanted a place to come to connect with other designers. I have my own company um, and I'm just, it's just me. So I need to connect with other people. I need to get motivated. And that's why I started this, um, this channel. So you can come back. It's every week, pretty much every week at 2.30 Eastern time. There are a couple times when I have somebody from an international um, and they don't want to stay up that late. So I do it at 11.30 and that's in two weeks. We'll have somebody uh, when we're, uh, so be prepared uh, in two weeks. It's at 11.30 Eastern time. But today is all about moving to a new city and why um, people do this. I think this is great. I'm glad I did it. Um, Azhar, good to see you. Um, and we are joined today by Megan D, a, a regular guest on Design Recharge, as well as a new guest, uh, Caitlin Platt, Platt. She is one of my old students, and she has actually moved to New Jersey, and she has to go uh, fairly uh, quickly. So we're going to start our questionings with her. But again, Spreecast is very interactive. Feel free, write us some um, over in the chat or uh, Underneath Caitlin, bless you, Megan. Um, underneath Caitlin, there's a place to type um, submit questions. Feel free to do that, and we'll try to get to all those questions. And then, if you don't mind, just um, you can over there in the upper corner, you can uh, tweet it out, you can share it on Facebook, like it on Facebook, you can do whatever you want to do, and we that would help me. You could share it on Google Plus or whatever. Um, but that's what we're doing today, and I really, really appreciate your time, and if this is your first time on a design recharge, I know that the people down underneath um, are, are old hats here, but if you're new, you're watching it recorded, uh, feel free, it's every week. All right, so Caitlin, um, I call her Kate because I messed up her name for many years until mm -hmm. she finally told me how to say it, and, um, <laughs> but so you grew up in Mobile, correct? Mobile, Alabama. I um, no, actually grew up, up a little in bit a, north, right? Yeah, uh, I, I lived in a small town called Deer Park with about 400 people. I graduated with 30 people, um, and then I moved to uh, Mobile to go to college. That's right. And, then and Deer Park after college, I moved to Philly. So, it, and it's not far from, uh, it's about an hour and a half, maybe north of Mobile. Yeah, it's an hour and a half. Very small, small town. <laughs> so now, now you live in what town? Uh, now I live in Burlington and I commute into Philly, in Burlington, New Jersey. All right, so huge change. Um, what made you want to go so far away. I mean, not only did you go out of the Southeast, which Megan actually also wanted to go out of her area of the country as well, but she, um, but Kate, why, why New Jersey or why that area? Why Philly? Um, originally when I was, I, I knew I wanted to move. There, the opportunities in the South, I just let, weren't finding anything that I was, I felt could take me to where I wanted to be. And uh, New Jersey felt comfortable because I know people here, but also it's the center of two major cities. You have New York, that's an hour train ride from my house, and then you have Philly, that's a 40-minute train ride. 
So you've got major opportunities in this area. So that's that's the biggest reason I think I chose New Jersey. Cool. I think it's it's really nice to have a kind of core group if you can. I think it makes the transition a little easier. I know Megan did not have that, but she had something that you didn't have. You did not have a job when you moved. You just you can you tell us kind of your plan? You graduated in what year and then you spent a whole year and it was the plan was I think is what's so cool about your story. Yes. Um I graduated in 2011 and I spent the next year saving money. I did nothing. Absolutely I had no life. I just worked. I worked side jobs, I worked my real job, I did freelance until I got enough money that I felt comfortable that I could survive on for three months. I gave myself three months to find a job. And um, so when I moved, I immediately, I, uh, my friends tried to get me to take a week off, just relax, because I had been going so hard, but I couldn't do it. I could not relax until I knew I had a job. So when, as soon as I moved, I was putting in eight applications a day. I found places to do freelance at. So that's, that's what I did. <laughs> you did that full time. That was your full time job. I did that full time for a whole year. Didn't take weekends good. off. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, um, so it wasn't really about a, a blanket kind of search. You were searching all California to mm -hmm. New York. You kind of were very specific on what, where you were heading. And then you also had, you said, I'm going to work. And you actually, the main job you had was not a design job. I'm sure you ended up doing some design for them. But you actually just were mm -hmm. ending up making the money. And that's something you as a student were really good at as well. You had, you worked mm -hmm. um, full time. She took care of her grandmother. And um, she was, all, she never turned in a project late, which I love. But <laughs> no. she was um, like a good it, student. <laughs> I think determination has a lot to do with it. <laughs> If you you got to have a goal in life, and uh, you can't get any. Uh, I just actually read a quote: "It's you never score unless you have a goal." So um, you you've got to have a set plan. And I had my set plan was to get to New Jersey by any means necessary. So I, I just worked as hard as I could to get there. That's get awesome. Here. I'm here now. <laughs> so what's your next goal? Because you got a job. How many how many weeks um, did it take? Uh, it took me uh, actually uh, two months or a month and a half to get a job. Um, I've actually worked for a whole month for Franklin Electronic Publishers as a freelancer, and they wanted me full time around the same time I got the job offer for where I'm working now. So it, that worked awesome. out that I had a backup in case my interviews did go well. Well, I think in this economy, um, and you know, I think most of the people who are unemployed are recent graduates. I think that that's um, uh, Megan and I were at a conference mm -hmm. earlier in the year, and one of her colleagues shared a fact that it was, you know, maybe unemployment's at eight percent, but you know, the unemployment for twenty-two to you know twenty-eight year olds was way higher. So I actually think a month and a half is pretty good. Um, and I know you, I know you were That's, probably really working. I, I was putting, literally, I put uh, eight applications in a day. Uh, I also, uh, in New Jersey, they have um, freelance kind of 
agents you sign up with, like Creative Group is something I signed up with, and basically they will go out and find you freelance gigs, but they keep a cut of your money. So if you're getting paid $24, you're making $21. So they're keeping, they're keeping a cut of your money, but at least it's a job. Right. And it gets you connections and networking. We actually had Greg Detter. He is one of the um, vice presidents. He was on and told us, talked to us about interviews and stuff like that. That was a, another one we did back in November, I believe. So I, I totally agree. I think that's a great path for people. So even if you don't have a job job, one employer, um, can you, as a tip, um, can you talk about for other people who are in your same situation? I know you were applying eight. How did you find the jobs? What were you, um, what were you doing? Were you meeting with people? Did you go to AIGA events? How were you networking? Can you kind of give us some tips? Um, networking was uh, actually uh, Behance. I was uh, I had a portfolio of Behance, and that's where I got the freelance gigs for Franklin Electronic Publishers. Um, and it was searching every single job site they have, even Craigslist. I, I was feasting through Craigslist. But actually, they have a lot of good job, jobs on there. It's not as creepy as people think it is. Um, <laughs> so I was doing that. And I also have uh, my friends and uh, my roommates actually have a lot of graphic designers for friends. So they helped me find the right avenues. So it, that helped a whole lot, having those connections. But uh, the, the job that I currently have now, it was, it was one of those resumes I had submitted out of the eight that day. And so I, I got a big break off of that. So what, I know you're also an illustrator. You actually are a great writer. She's actually written a, uh, one book or two books. I've written a series of three. I'm currently still working on trying to get them published. Don't ha I hadn't spent a whole year working so I could move. I haven't edited anything in a while. <laughs> but it, but she's a amazing illustrator. And we're not talking like a little book. She's written like some big books. So really amazing. But she's mm -hmm. consistently and constantly, I think the goal thing is really important. Um, and you always mm -hmm. have them and keep growing. But can you uh, talk about some things that maybe helped you stand out? Was it being an illustrator? Um, I know part of the answer, and um, I'm edging you to part of it, I guess. It, for, um, for me, for standing to get this job, standing out was, one, my resume. My, my boss has told me this. He said, your resume caught my eye because it was different. I had the, I think you remember it was an owl illustration. It's actually on my uh, Facebook page. So he, that's what he noticed to begin with. And another thing that helped was I the the graphic design courses that we had in school, uh, Dreamweaver, and you taught us a bit of coding. And um, I branched off of what you taught me instead of just assuming that there would be a coder to help out with the designs I was creating. I went about teaching myself more and uh, learning Dreamweaver to the extent that was beyond what you showed us. And um, I turned out to be one of the only applicants that knew how to work Dreamweaver. And that's why I got the job. So that's something, another way to help um, other people who are in similar situations maybe stand out as well as to actually get a little bit deeper into some of um, the technical aspects as well. I mean, you're still designing. You're, you're even doing some print, but oh, you're... Yeah. I, I basically, I'm taking, I'm taking the process of 
the website from beginning to end. I'm designing it and I'm coding it. And um, I think that's what a lot of companies are looking for now. So if you're thinking about web, do not think that they're going to hire a coder to go along with you. You're going to have to be both. That's just, and, and a lot has to do with the economy now, I think. They can't afford to hire both. Coders are extremely expensive. They want 70 to 80,000 a year, and they just can't afford both. So they want the whole package. Yeah, they always have. They always want, everybody always wants you to do everything. But sometimes it's not, um, we just can't sometimes. But I, I agree. I actually, yeah. um, I code all my sites as well. So I'm all about uh, getting those skills. And, and if you don't know, um, you know, another thing, Design Recharge is it connects designers, but it also, we, there's lots of great tips and things that we can pull out of this. But um, Linda, I know at, at Virginia Tech where Megan teaches, they um, require their students, or I believe they used to last year, require their students to have a subscription to lynda.com. Thank you, it's Megan. Actually, free now. <laughs> Uh, Virginia Tech oh, so you, a public license, or not public, but if you're a Virginia Tech student now, it's I'm not plugging Virginia Tech on purpose, but uh, they get a free membership, so uh, they don't even have the excuse of not buying the membership or paying the 20 bucks a month now. But it's been well, that's really wonderful. And other other people, if you're just trying to kind of do what Caitlin did, was go and um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, DMO totally. But if you're, but it's about $29 a month. And I honestly, if you were just doing that for three months, it's, I believe it's completely worth, oh, yeah. worth it. Um, and I mm -hmm. actually have a subscription to lynda.com as well as totaltraining.com. I've learned a lot that I taught myself web design. Um, and I think that those, those things are really, really helpful. And I, I agree. I think we, I mean, I don't know if you're designing any JavaScript or coding, anything like that, or PHP or anything like that. That was a little above what I was teaching. Um, but I know how to use JavaScript, and I know to get somebody else to help me to do PHP. But but that's about, that's my, my thoughts, at least. Um, how have you connected with other designers since you've been but since you've been there because I know you only have we only have you for like another minute um, I have uh, I think social media has helped a whole lot um, Facebook I can I connect through the designers I met through friends and then I connect branching off of that um, connecting with their friends who are also designers and uh, there's this big pool of information um, with using Facebook and Twitter and things like that, it helps. I think it helps you get to a level of connectivity that wasn't there many years ago. So it, it makes networking so much easier. So I'm gonna ask Megan this later, but Kate, would you do it again? I mean, I I know that um, you know you're still living with your friends and you're. I know you're working hard because mm -hmm. last night she did a photo shoot and she was she got back at like. I don't know, nine o'clock or something. Um, but would you do it again so far as um, in your experience? I, uh, I, am, I am happier than I have ever been, actually. So I, I'm living exactly what I wanted to do. So I, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, it was worth the risk. I, had, I was either going to crash and burn or I was going to succeed. And I had no intentions of crashing. So 
That's awesome. You just got, if you want to do it, you can do it. You've just got to persevere and not give up. So I'm going to put up on screen her um, website and you can actually go and I'm sure Kate would answer some questions. I'm sure she's got an email address on there or something. And I put her Facebook up earlier. Mm -hmm. So feel free, connect with her, um, see what she's doing, keep up with her. And Kate, thanks so much for coming. I really, really do appreciate you no being here. And I'm so proud of you. Just, um, just. I, I feel like a mom, I guess, because it's like one of my little birds went away and, and is doing so well. And I'm just really proud of you that, that you stuck to it. Because a lot of people, from what I see. You were a big help and a big encouragement. And I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you. And I appreciate you always turning things in on time. <laughs> it was easy to give you a recommendation. Well, Kate, thanks so much. Thanks for taking oh, time out of your day. And I hope you get to come back and join us again. Thank you. Thanks, Kate. Okay. Bye. All right. So, Megan, some of the same questions. You have been out a little bit longer than a uh, year and three months, I think. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> but can you kind of go through your your background, where you went to school, and then what happened um, while you were trying to find uh, a job? Right. So I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri, and I went to undergrad at University of Illinois at Champaign-Urbana, which is about three and a half hours away from St. Louis. So I had stayed pretty close to home. Uh, and I had this urge to get out of the Midwest, although uh, as an undergrad, I was definitely applying mostly to design firms in Chicago. It was sort of a strange experience because you would be interviewing at the same place as your friends and classmates were interviewing at because that's where the job openings were. Uh, but I also had this sense that if I had moved to Chicago right after graduation, I might never leave, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I really did. So why? Just, <laughs> yeah. Oh, go ahead. That's the question well, I had because you said right. Chicago or New York, you really didn't want to live there because you were afraid you would never leave. And so why? Right. Um, partly because it might be one of those, you get your perfect job, you have your friends there. Chicago in particular for me, I'd say 95% of my classmates ended up moving to Chicago after graduation. And pretty much I think everyone I've kept in touch with um, is still in Chicago there. And they all seem to really love it, minus they complain about winter sometimes. Uh, but I had never lived outside of the Midwest, and I guess I had this itch to try it. Um, and we'd sort of talked about how just on job posting sites, um, I had checked the little box that said willing to move. So I guess creativehotlist.com was one of the ones I had used at the time. Not saying that one's fabulous or anything, but it just happened to work. I'd had a personal website up and a resume on that site. And I got headhunted out of an architecture and design firm in Las Vegas. And I'd never been to Las Vegas in my entire life until I got a phone call from this firm. We did a phone interview. They asked for a few more samples of work. And then I flew out for an interview. And I think I started work about three weeks later there. So. From there, I guess the rest of the summary of my life is I stayed there for just under five years, and then I went to graduate school in Richmond, where I also didn't know anyone. 
Uh, both times, though, I guess I had the safety net of something to go to. And then after graduate school, I um, was offered a job at Virginia Tech, which is where I still am today. And on the final move, I brought, who is now my fiance, with me, but the other two were on my own. So, so I don't know if you know this, but um, I, I, well, I know you know this, but um, maybe they don't. I live in Mobile, Alabama, and I'm also a professor. Uh, Megan and I actually went to the same grad school, not at the same time, but um, we both went to VCU, uh, Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond. I actually moved from, I went to Auburn. I grew up in Atlanta. Um, that's why I sound like this. My parents sound like Caitlin. Um, so my, um, I went to Auburn, which is, uh, they were SEC champs and national champs like three years ago. Now we're like a high school team. And we're going to get back. Um, yeah, we have anyway, not about football. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, War Eagle, Meredith. So I went and it's about two hours outside of Atlanta. And then I moved from there to Denver. And I, um, I was going to move, my best friend and I uh, were going to move and uh, we had gone to Auburn together or I met her when I was there and we were both in graphic design. So we, we actually moved there together. And I, that was a really, to me, it was, I needed that extra. I think it would have been very difficult to be in a new city and not know anybody. Um, I ended up having a few a really close friends moved to Denver right after we did. Um, and then another friend moved about six months a year later. And, and that helped. But I, one thing I think um, Megan talked about, we talked about earlier was it takes a little bit of time. Like I am very glad that Kate is doing so well, but three months, a, a lot of people at three months still are kind of lonely. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, that's a hard part. Like for me, it was a whole year. I think Megan, um, how long would you say it took you to really feel like you had a fit? Yeah, I would say that it was kind of that three to six month mark where you start meeting people and they become more of a friend. And although there's still kind of that level of everyone that is your friend, and I somewhat even are, I'm having that here at Virginia Tech, is the you don't have the old friends. You don't have the ones that will probably have too much dirt on you or anything of that nature. But at least you, at that you know, three-month mark, have someone that you could go grab lunch with or go out for a drink and that sort of thing, which is a big difference. And um, one thing that I'm not sure I really thought about before moving to Las Vegas, but I think I was more ready for when I went to graduate school, was that whole give it a little bit of time. It's going to be rough for a few months. Uh, just know that it's not going to be rough like that forever. Uh, right. Especially if you're moving to a larger city, there's just so many people. Um, so would would you do actually, it if you were that? Pardon? Oh, they made a joke about just hit the keynote tables. I made a rule for myself when I moved to Las Vegas that I couldn't gamble for three months because I'd never been somewhere where there was gambling everywhere. And I wasn't sure if I was going to have a problem with it. <laughs> and I don't, partly because I have terrible gambling luck. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, harsh. But um, so it ended up all working out. But uh, yeah, and the, Las Vegas is also a strange exception of a city. One of those, um, you can go to the movies and there's gambling 
leading up to the line at the movies. So, or you go in to get gas and there's gambling in the gas station. So I just wanted to make sure I wasn't going to establish anything terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, would you, if you had to do it again, would you, would you do, would you go back to Las Vegas? Would you do that whole um, time of your life again? Right. Well, I think I, we sort of talked about this before. I said, I have to say, yes, I'd do it all over again because there's so many things in my life that wouldn't be how they are. I would never have met my fiance. I probably wouldn't have ended up at VCU for graduate school and then I wouldn't have my job. And where I'm at right now, I'm very happy in my life. And I think that the choices I made earlier lead up to them. Also, as far as uh, when I had gone to Las Vegas, it was at the time the fastest growing city in the country I think 5,000 to 10,000 a month when leaving there. And around the time I was leaving, it had gone through a huge economic crisis. Um, yeah, has been a rough few years. So lots of friends having to, you know, their house was going through foreclosure. And I was living with a girl who uh, worked at the same firm as me and she was let go. Um, I'd say, I think, the department that I was in went from 100 people down to 30 something. So literally <laughs> most of my friends were let go from the company and it was a strange experience to be going through that. Um, and so I don't know if that's really the typical experience everyone gets, but the longer term result of living in a city where people have had were forced to spread out is that I ended up with contacts at all these different design firms because they had to find new jobs. Um, and a lot of them ended up going to other cities and it's actually sort of wonderful now since I left Las Vegas anyway, that a few friends went back to New York or things of that nature that it worked out well. And as far as doing consulting as a professor of practice, you're supposed to keep doing work on the side it works out well because you have contacts at these different firms and they might all be looking for small jobs. Right, totally. I think, you know, I was talking, uh, Nikki Villa Gomez, she um, was on a few weeks ago. She had a type, she did a thing all about her. She does this found type. She takes pictures of it and it's just amazing and how culture relates back to type. But um, she and I were talking this weekend and she said, you know, it's like I knew somebody or whatever. And I said, you know, I tell my students that, that design is very incestuous. Um, there's not, I don't, it's, there's not, not the great jobs aren't in the newspaper or on Craigslist or even on AIGA sometimes or um, creative hot list. They're not there sometimes. A lot of times these jobs are hey, you know, we're going to be looking for someone or we're looking for somebody and it's just the people you know. And then, you know, I always, the way I got my job, the way I know people get jobs was um, they would just come and say, hey, can I show you my book? Right. And we didn't, we weren't hiring. We would just, you know, give them some feedback and then they would, you know, we might know somebody, you know, in our right. little family of designers that's hiring and, and I still believe it works this way. I, I believe that we trust our friends, um, that they know what kind of designers we are and what kind um, of work we do and who we're looking for. And therefore we can say, you know what, if you see anything, 
or if you hear of anything, just could you could you let me know? And so people who just want to, um, I like for me when I'm trying to find a, a contractor to work with or a freelancer to work with, which I I end up having to use some freelancers as well, which is great because it makes new connections. But mm -hmm. I also, you know, it is it's hey, do you know somebody or or I hear somebody hear something and I say, hey, I know somebody who would be perfect for that. And it's just about this kind of network of people. And, and you need, if you're a student, you need to be using this network. If you're a professional, I have a friend who um, she, you know, was a full-time designer, had her own firm, then she had kids. And now she's kind of like tinkering back into being more, more full-time. And um, anyway, I, I think that that Ben just texted me in Facebook. So I hear bing and I'm like, okay, <laughs> Ben who works with Megan. Oh, anyway. Probably upstairs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hang on the ceiling for me. Um, anyway, but I think that people need to know it's, this is still the way it works. Just network, connect with people. Oh, yeah. And I know that this is one reason I love Spreecast so much is that you get face to face. It's so much easier to say no in an email. No, oh, yeah. I can't, I can't, I don't have time. But to me, if you're connecting and I, I like, I liked Skype before I understood what Spreecast was. And once I saw this, you know, I feel like a DMO comes almost every week. I have no idea what his name is. I don't know if it is DMO, but <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I know kind of where he's coming from and you know what he's, he comes, I know what his personality is. If he came on camera, I definitely, Megan, me and you um, had not met um, except I think maybe once um, at CCAC. And then I feel like I've gotten to know you better through oh, yeah. this. So if you can, I, whatever you can do to connect with people. And I, I definitely think connecting on a, personal level by face to face. If you can do this, I've even told people they should do this for interviews. Um, mm -hmm. at, at the creative group, I said, you know, they do Skype interviews. I was like, well, why don't you do it on Spreecast? Because then you could have it recorded. You could go back, mm -hmm. you could show it to people. You could do tips. You could do all kinds of things. It's just another use, a great use for what we need because we need to see personality. I don't want to just see somebody's book if they're really um, cocky, I really don't want to work with you. So I need to see personality as well. Um, well, I think that also, think? oh, sorry, Go goes ahead. into the, well, there's a poster I found that I love that I put up in my student um, design group that I run at Virginia Tech. That's work hard and be nice to people. And it might sound cheesy, but I feel like there's so much to not just the who you might meet at conferences or things of that nature, but of jobs that you have. And well, in my case, it's the I had four different bosses in four years, I think, and so, but if you've proved to them already that you're going to produce good work and you're not going to be, I guess, Spreecast is PG-13 or something, but if you're not a jerk <laughs> and you produce strong work or and you're a hard worker, then it's one of those more opportunities show up in the future. And Yeah. And a lot of designers get tested, you know, um, they'll get a, their first job and they won't have a contract. It won't be a, a, they'll just be working for a contract basis. And, you know, they'll say, okay, well, we're going to try you out for three months. And then if we like you, then we'll offer you a job. And 
I think for designers, don't be afraid, like just mm -hmm. do it. You can find something. If yeah. you really believe in yourself and your skills, right. then you can find something. Just move to the city. I moved to Denver. I did not have, I had gone during my spring break, my senior year, um, or right after I graduated or something, we'd gone and had some interviews. And then we went back and got our stuff. And then we came back to Denver and we didn't, Kara and I didn't have a job. Um, she had more of a clue into a job and she ended up getting that one and she stayed there for seven years, which is a long time for a designer to stay at, at their first job, but it was a great, um, great firm. But I ended up getting, um, I got a job maybe in three weeks, which, you know, it was like 96, which there were lots of jobs, but I had skills that nobody in Denver needed yet. Um, they were like, well, we're not quite there yet. I was doing multimedia, which back then it was called director. And <laughs> it was kind of like After Effects a little bit or more like Premiere, Adobe Premiere. And they were like, oh my gosh, can you come back in six months? I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do for six months to eat? Yeah. You know, I mean, my parents do not want to pay for me anymore. <laughs> my dad didn't want me to do graphic design because he thought, oh my goodness, we're going to be stuck with this kid forever um he wanted me to do business and that was the reason and so i really wanted to make it and i freelanced for a while um after those first three weeks i got a job it was the worst job i have ever had in my whole life and i have had some doozies but i actually have had lots of really good jobs um but it was it was a emotionally draining position the boss was really mean and my dad told me he's like do you would you let your friends talk to you like that and I was like no but he's you know I'm southern you know we're supposed to be respectful and I am that's how I was raised I was like well I can't talk back to him he goes well then you need to quit you need to quit or you need to stand up for yourself and I love my dad my dad <laughs> good southern gentleman and for him to say that I was like okay well I'm quitting because I'm not going to stand up to this man <laughs> I'm like five foot one. I feel like I'm six three now, but then I did not think that. So I, I left and I got a job in retail, which I do not suggest you end up spending too much money. Get a job waiting tables. You can make a lot of money. You're working at night. So then you do, you can still do your, you can work your resumes and stuff during the day. You can shop your book around. Um, and I, 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 even think it's good for us, Megan, to go and show our books to other people regularly so that we're staying in what, you know, and I don't care if you've been in the business for 25 years. I think you should have somebody who you think is really cool, cool designer and then go show your book. It is, it, it can be a little wrenching. It can be like going back to school, but that's kind of what grad school was, I believe, probably for us. I don't know if you were broken down in grad school, but <laughs> I loved our grad school. I loved the that taught us amazing, amazing designers. But you definitely, I definitely got broken. Mm -hmm. um, ben and I, who were at VCU together, who works upstairs mm -hmm. for Megan, um, we both were were designers. We'd been designing for five years uh, professionally, and then we went back to school. I didn't know Ben before this, but we just exactly the same life, except he was on the East Coast and I was in the Rocky Mountains. And I think that that was impactful for me, um, the breaking down. How about you? Right. Well, I also think that there's kind of this, not that I'm 
really old yet. <laughs> but as you get older, you start realizing that even if you get knocked down, uh, that it's not permanent. It's sort of the, even if you're having a rough few months where it's very lonely uh, and you're having a hard time meeting people in whatever way that might be, uh, that it's not going to be like that forever and ever. And that there are things you can do. If you have that job where you hate your boss and you can't stand up to him, then you can quit your job and it'll be okay. Or you can hold on to it a couple of weeks and find a new job. And it's right. the, I guess, not just so much going through the experience of having hit low points, but also the knowing that you can get up and start all over. And I think one of the whole points, and I don't know if that was your point to having this session, but my biggest thing that I think I got out of the having moved to a new city and started over with, granted I had a job, but uh, really nothing else. And that whole, you've never Craigslisted an apartment you've never seen before and then showed up and wondered what it looked like in real life kind of experiences that if you've done it once, you can do it again, even if it's 20 years from now. And hopefully I'm not going to get to that point, but it is kind of nice to be able to play the worst case scenario game and know that it would still be okay. I agree. I think for me, there was never an option to go back home. Um, my parents, I love my parents. My parents are great. but They were very strict. Not that I'm like crazy girl going out all the time, but um, sure. I had a curfew of 12 o'clock, even if I was 30 years old. If I came to their house, it was 12 o'clock or something like that. I, I didn't want to that, live like that. Like I that was not, not that the curfew thing, it was just that I wanted to be able to, um, you know, pull, do something oh, yeah. else. Um, I think, uh, Nancy, just so you know, my sister lived in Brooklyn and she lived in Dumbo, really nice area, as well as, um, oh, I can't think, it's right across the street from a station and a Target. She lived in a old bank building. They do uh, the Brooklyn flea market there. That was a really nice place. If, if you're looking for places in Brooklyn, um, if you send me an email, I'll get you in touch with her and she can tell you some places. I also have a friend who also still lives in Brooklyn, Nancy, just so you know. Um, but, you know, I think that's funny. How did you find your place to live, Megan, when you were going to Richmond or when you were going to um, go going to uh, Las Vegas? Uh, I think in Vegas, if I remember correctly, it was an apartment finder I picked up while I was there for, I had a seven hour long interview and was offered the job at the end of the day. Um, so I made sure to kind of look around a little bit and then looked at their websites and things after that. Uh, housing when you live in the desert is really easy to find because they just spread out. <laughs> it's not like other cities where there's only so far you can go. It seems like there's just a little bit more urban sprawl. So I did get really lucky there. Um, and then Richmond, it ended up being okay, although that was a little bit sketchier. That really was, I found an apartment on Craigslist and definitely got lucky. It wasn't quite as beautiful as it looked in the photographs, but there was nothing really terrible. Although I found out it used to be a funeral home, but you know, there, it could be worse. My next door neighbor was very friendly, which helps make a not perfect apartment seem nicer. Well, so um, what, how did you connect with other like regular people, like normal people and not normal. I mean, designers are normal, right. too, but 
non-designers. How did you connect with just, how did you make friends? Like, or were most of your friends designers? Right. Well, looking back, I think I actually had some pretty lame attempts <laughs> along the way. Uh, like, oh, I'll go hang out at Barnes and Noble and bring my laptop and drink some coffee. <laughs> Maybe I'll meet other people that are, and then you don't, you just drink coffee and play on your computer. Um, <laughs> and then there'd be other things. Uh, I really lucked out that my firm had hired a lot of young people. Uh, being a larger firm, it had architects, interior designers, graphic designers, and industrial designers. Um, and I was specifically in a department that was meant to be younger people. I think we were all single, and we were joking that they did that so we could work late and not complain about overtime because we had no families to go home to. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's true or not. But it ended up that I got a nice group of friends. The problem with a city like Las Vegas is that it's very transient. Almost everyone's coming from somewhere. I think for the most part, the other people I knew there had come either with a friend or a brother or uh, boyfriend. A uh, few people had come with a boyfriend or girlfriend and broke up once they got there. But um, So there, were, there was a high turnover rate of friends as well. Uh, so once you'd made a bond, the friend might move back to Seattle because they didn't want to be in Las Vegas permanently because very few people really do want to be in Las Vegas permanently. Uh, but then there's also the whole dating issue and dating in Las Vegas is not ideal. I do not recommend trying match.com in Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> I think I went on a date one time and someone told me on our first date that, well, they had a slight cocaine and a slight gambling problem within the first 20 minutes. Another time they talked about their dog named Dahmer after Jeffrey Dahmer. So that was kind of the end of my online dating <laughs> experience. So some of my attempts failed miserably, but everything worked out in the long run. I did things with my company too. They were great about sponsoring like a bowling team, a volleyball team. We had the worst D-League volleyball team ever, but it was fun. Um, Meeting people those sorts of ways are great. And we get a little group together and it works out. And there's a lot more in larger cities. I think it's Venture Out, not Venture Out. That's Virginia Tech. Um, I can't remember it now since I don't live in the city anymore, but my friend Jacob is really outdoorsy. And I know he's always looking for people to go on hikes with. So he goes to these meetups. That's it. The sort of meetups to go on hikes and um, those sorts of things that are nice activities if you have interest. I definitely agree with that. I think that for me, um, I snowboarded. I didn't snowboard before I got there, but I was a skier and then I started snowboarding and I had friends that I would do that with. And I also, I had always loved to dance. And so there was a big club that did swing dancing. And so all the people that I did know that went to Auburn that had moved out there, we all would go swing dancing on like Wednesday nights and then maybe we would go on Friday or Saturday or something. And that was really neat because I've met some other people doing that. Um, you know, I just say try new things. I, I, this is just a curious question. Did your parents, where you grew up, um, did your parents live there or did they move there? Uh, my dad was originally from, or is originally from St. Louis, and he is still there, although longer term, I think he's planning on moving. Not that you need to know my dad's life story. Uh, my mom originally is from New Mexico, Los Alamos, and uh, she ended up going to Washington University and 
we met and that she stayed there. So. It's um, it's funny because I, I was very supported by my family, even though my mom did, and my dad, they didn't want me to go that far away because now I'm, you know, a plane ride. I was, you know, 30 hours away from them right. and that was hard. But, um, but were your parents supportive? I mean, not financially or anything, just emotionally right, right. supportive. I know I've been very lucky that my parents are generally supportive. I mean, they've always encouraged the art thing. You talked about my dad's a lawyer and my mom was a computer programmer. So I sort of the randomly creative art person and that they've always been behind me on that. Um, and as far as moving to Las Vegas, I think there were maybe a little bit of the, oh, my daughter's moving to Las Vegas, but uh, I mean, I remember my dad and stepmom being very proud that, oh, she got a job, you know, we don't have to worry about yeah. that and can brag to her. I, mean, I guess my parents are braggers, but, <laughs> and my mom was supportive as well and had actually, you know, kept me company in the car ride and we didn't kill each other in the car ride out there. So, so, <laughs> so um, but Overall, I, I think after some time, there was the, are you sure you want to stay in Las Vegas? <laughs> because right. planning on being somewhere one to three years can easily turn into three to five. It's just one of those, once you get settled, you like it there, and then you're comfortable, you have friends, relationships. Yeah. You want to keep killing all your relationships by moving across the country. So so how <laughs> long were you in Vegas? Um, yes just over four years but then then if you count I went back to do some consulting when I had summers for graduate school so, because I kept good connections with people <laughs> I did the same thing I ended up going back to my second old job or something I mean it was it's funny we're we're like twins too like, <laughs> you're beautiful and I'm not oh, but shut anyway up. Um, <laughs> or PG-13 language that's right that's right um I, I loved Denver. Uh, I I didn't want to leave, but there I I believe in. I have a big faith. I believe that um, things happen for a reason. And um, my sister kept. My sister's older. Uh, she's four years older. She doesn't look it, but she is. Mm -hmm. I like to make sure people know she's my older. So <laughs> um, she would say to me. Um, well, aren't you going to go to, or don't you want to be a professor? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, but I'm really having fun here. You know, it was right. fun. I had, I had gone over that hump and I made a life, but, um, I had gotten a job in, I can't remember March say, and I had left the job that I was at for like two and a half years, three years. And it, I mean, it was a startup. It was great. And I love that company. Um, it was a magazine and, you know, I, it was a really big family. So it was big for me to leave that company, but I really wanted to try something different. I wanted to have a little bit more responsibility. And um, so I got that job. And then like two weeks after I start, my boss, who I also loved that boss, Teresa, she said, do you still have any options for applications? I'm like, oh my gosh, have I messed up? <laughs> it's like, I've only been here two weeks. I'm like, I did not know that I was that. <laughs> um, and of course, she's like, no, no, they're thinking of closing the marketing department. And I had oh, gone no. to a corporation. I know. Right. But this is my sister. She's like, I told you, you need to go to grad school. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So 
so I started applying, you know, because you apply, you know, VCU, they didn't ask you to take the GRE, but I did take it. They look at the one thing that nobody else looks at, which I scored amazingly almost perfect um, on, but no, it's not like English or math. It's the other thing. It's like the games one. I did real good at the games, which is about creative skills or whatever. Other companies don't look at that at all. There's schools. But what happened um, was it was just perfect timing. I actually think I might've been there a whole year. Um, it was like March to the following August, not the same year, but the next year. And it just ended up that they did not close the marketing department. They didn't even close it for at least like a, another nine months to a year, but it just happened. And VC was my top school. That was the one I really wanted to go to if I got in. And if mm -hmm. I got a free ride, and um, and I did, and it was just I I believe that was not my doing. I I believe that that was a God thing, um, or higher power, or whatever you people call it. I call it God. Um, but that's what I thought. And for me, it would have had to take that losing that job to make me go, or the fear right. of losing that job to make me even apply for grad school. And now I I'm a, like you. I'm very happy where I am. Um, teaching it can be uh, very unrewarding to be a teacher um, they think of us as the enemy I think <laughs> lots of times but but I that's why I, another reason I do this and another reason I like being a designer um, because I like that uh, I like to present something to a client and they're like oh my gosh I love that you know I need mm -hmm. that reinforcement and um, I think that you don't really get that as a teacher so much, maybe later, like Kate gave me mm -hmm. great uh, right. uh, stuff today, but, um, but I think that that's one of the things I need. And that's why I also am very big in practice. I know Megan, you do a ton. Um, and so do I as well. Um, I know we only have like 10 more minutes, but I'm trying to make sure I'm covering everything that's in the chat too. Um, you know, well, go ahead. Yeah, I do think that there's something to be said for when you get comfortable, it's really hard to have that same motivation to do what it is you set out to do. Um, and there's also certain life choices that, not to get all feminist or anything, but as a woman, I think that you sort of run into because the, uh, a lot of my friends and when you're in your late 20s, they're kind of deciding, okay, I want to get married or I want to have kids. And I was saying, I want to go to graduate school. <laughs> So there's a little bit of a difference. I think that's your child for the moment and then putting your career first or those sorts of things that can be a little bit strange. Um, and I mean, the fact that I did leave the relationship, although we kept it up through graduate school, um, but 2,000 miles is a really long way to go. I know there's longer distances, but <laughs> it's hard. And those sorts of things, but there are those moments where it seems like the stars align, and I might not call it anything, but it does feel like I had that same. <laughs> I was like, eh, that's a different conversation, but the <laughs> things really fell in place for me, and I think I'd really gotten my act together to apply to graduate schools. I'd been in a different relationship. I sort of like, well, if I leave, then it's gonna be over. So even knowing when I got back together with who's now fiance guy working out well 
uh, I told him, I'm leaving in a year. I don't care what's going on with us. I'm going to graduate school and we, we have to just do it. And if things are too happy, it's really hard to stick by doing the, I know I want to become a professor. I know I want to do these things. Right. But if you're having fun on weekends and your job's okay and everything else in your life is great, it's really hard to remember that. But I would say I'm really good at using my dissatisfaction to move me forward. So on the times, my job at certain times was excellent. We'd have great projects, interesting people. And other times it was terrible. Um, but during those terrible moments to really motivate yourself at night to get your act together. So, so a couple last questions. Any advice on making a life work in a new city? I mean, I, I do think you have to be motivated to have done it in the first place. Uh, some of my friends that I've talked to, too, have the why you're going to be moving. Uh, is it because you weren't happy where you were before, or is it because you really want to be going there for something more? And the student you had on earlier really talked a lot to that kind of planning ahead. I think you do have to have something together. Uh, it doesn't have to be a job or anything like that, but my friend Owen, who worked at the architecture and design firm, sort of sat you know, right behind me for three of the years I was there. He lived in a tiny apartment, had a beanbag chair, and I think guitar or something. That was it for his apartment, and it was in a terrible neighborhood, and he was making much better money than I was, so I wasn't sure why he was doing this. I was like, I want to move back to New York, and if I live like this, then did. So he quit his job, traveled across the country, saw all sorts of sites, and was unemployed for a really long time, but could afford it because he planned that he wanted to go back to New York. Um, so I guess I don't have any excellent advice, but I think having, whether it's money or a job or just really secure reason for wanting to make that change, um, and it never hurts to have a fallback plan, or mm -hmm. I guess I've talked before about, I play the worst case scenario game, so even if it seems bad, it might not be that bad because a couple more things can go wrong and it'll still be okay. <laughs> so. I, think, I, think, I think that's key is having that, the what if, what if this doesn't work? What will I do? Right. And I think it's just about planning instead of being like, I don't know, I'm just gonna go for it. I think having that plan is really um, essential. And that's why I say, hey, if you don't, my backup plan would be go get a job at Outback because they're not yeah. open during the day. And I made a lot of money <laughs> during grad school. Right. You, know, <laughs> you know, bartender and waitress. And and I was at, not, you know, it was only at, um, only at night and on the weekends and so that was not when i was trying to do to would have been trying to cut have a job find a job right. um but i think i think also know hey give it three months give it six months give yeah, it a year give it some time and, i i think personality is a big thing too though i mean I, i'm a planner and i like things to be kind of know what's happening and i like having control over certain things even though I don't so maybe I should stop putting myself in scenarios where I have very limited control um but I, I mean I know people where they could move to California and hang out on the beach meet some people and live in a van for a while like, that would be fine and they would be okay with that but I would go crazy and be paranoid about germs or whatever I would be doing so I it really depends but I think having that why and really knowing that and when things are yeah down 
give yourself a little bit of time to make sure that they can work themselves out. Definitely. I think motivation, I think being positive is really important. Um, when you're looking for a job, if you do not think people are going to go to your Facebook page and see what you're posting, and if you're super negative, man, I don't want you on my team. Also, oh, yeah. you know, are you posting stuff about design? Are you interested? Or, are, you know, is this, is design a passion for you? Right. And to me, I think that those things, um, you know, I know who's passionate about design. I get, I'm, I follow oh, yeah. those people and I, I get their tweets and I get these links and I'm following and I, you know, I, I learn from them. And I think that yeah. that's, that's really neat. I definitely suggest networking, you know, even do, you know, a, a screencast or, or a Skype or whatever mm -hmm. with someone, see if they could do um, that. Um, Gary, just so you know, it's about, we're graphic designers and we come together once a week and we talk about all different kinds of uh, graphic design stuff. You're welcome to come. Sometimes it's about social media. So sometimes it's really good for small businesses, um, but most of the time it has to do with um, connecting designers, motivating, inspiring, educating designers. Last time Megan was on, she, told, she talked to us about uh, Four Design, which is a, the design firm for students inside of um, Virginia Tech. Before that, uh, a few months earlier, she was on and she talked about um, her a, a specific project you know, Megan did, what motivates Megan, and um, she did this postcard project, which I wish you could watch, but uh, Spree Cat had a little okay, pickup. Um, <laughs> it's the gist. <laughs> no, I love Megan. She has some great stuff, but I am sticking with Spreecast. I really believe believe in it, and um, we'll just be recording, and uh, they, they have all these things in place now, so that they won't lose anything, so but that's what, but that's what we do yeah. here. And I'm happy to answer any kinds of questions. I know we only have a, a little bit of time left, but I'm going to just plug this a little bit and then I'll ask um, Megan one more question. Um, I am working to get um, a thousand likes by July. That's my goal now. And I'm at like 211. So Design Recharge, Facebook. I'm also building an email list. You get a reminder as well as you get um, kind of what we talked about. <laughs> what, what we talked about um, last, uh, this coming week, I kind of give a link to this one if you if you missed it, as well as a couple tips. Um, and then if ever I'm going to offer something uh, like a little a YouTube that I do for just designers, things like that. Um, I also have another uh, channel that's my little bird communications um and i do different stuff for small businesses there but um i have a website designrecharge.org it will be being redesigned soon this is the very fastest i could put up something in about a day and um I'm that made me want to click on it <laughs> change over to a wordpress base site i will be designing it but then just using the content management system, it'll be a lot easier to add things and things like that. Mm. That's something I'm learning as a designer. I think it's always very, very important for designers to continue learning because if not, we will be the old people that no one wants on their team <laughs> because we have nothing to offer except how it used to be. And um, yeah. there was a comedian in um, Atlanta was very much like Vegas, I guess, in a way, or Denver, or uh, how Austin is um, when my parents uh, were growing up. So they moved to Atlanta. Atlanta was the big city. My dad was from South Georgia, or he is, like you said. <laughs> my dad is from South Georgia, and my mom is from North Georgia. 
And they went to the University of Georgia and they, they met there and then they moved to Atlanta. That was the big city. And I think that was one of the reasons why I felt like my parents totally were like, yeah, move away. That's no problem. Um, they didn't ever expect me to live in Atlanta. Um, but I think for wherever you are, just try, just go, be positive, you know, find a core group of people. They could be designers. They might not be designers, but people who will support you and believe in you. And, and I think that that is really key is for any job and just keep looking. Don't get discouraged. So many people out there don't have jobs, but keep looking. Then, then you're not knocking on that right door. Then try a different area. I know, I go to Drew Larison. He just left, but he has a spreecast later this afternoon. It's called State of Social Media. And if he was here, he would pop it up. But you can do a search on the main spreecast page. It's at 5 p.m. I go to this one. He does one on Mondays and on um, there he's back. Drew, if you could pop in your, um, I was just plugging your show. Um, but it's stuff I learn. I learn every week. This week, I don't remember what the thing is, the Wednesday, but it's more technical on Wednesday and it's more fun on Monday. But it's all about social media, so staying up on different things. If social media isn't your thing, then learn about WordPress or learn about um, responsive design or, you know, um, UX design or, or whatever, but stay up on those things. That's, I really do believe that's how we continue to grow and we continue to be able to offer our clients even more options, I guess. But now I'm a, a, a minute over, but I had one more question. <laughs> um, what do you love about the experience of having moved not only to Las Vegas, but also to Richmond um, and Blacksburg in a, in a way? Um, what do you love about just the experience of changing places. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there was that part of me that had just wanted to move somewhere else, and maybe it's the knowing that I could do it. Um, and there is that, I guess it's a nice fallback to know that you can start over. Um, I met a nice variety of people, and I mean, even just seeing different types of people in different environments. Um, there's a very different mentality of Midwest and the seasons versus the fast-paced, superficial Las Vegas, a desert, and uh, I miss kind of the warm weather all the time, but Blacksburg hasn't been too harsh yet. Uh, but it really is about the getting new experiences and getting to, you know, sort of being open to those opportunities as well. Uh, and I have been lucky. I mean, there's the randomly getting to go to Antarctica and moving to Vegas and moving back to this coast is, it just all worked out. I guess I'm happy with where I am now, so that makes sense. Well, I think that's great. Well, I hope everybody joins us next week. Next week, we have Doug Bratton. He went to Auburn with me, War Eagle, Meredith, and Doug. Um, Meredith's down there. She also went to Auburn, not with me, but she went there. And um, she is, he was a social work major in um, <laughs> at Auburn. He was not an art major, but he is an artist now, and it is so funny to me, but he uses that. It's, it's if you don't know, it's pop, uh, shock, pop culture shock therapy. Doug Bratton. <laughs> Check it out. Be here next week, 2.30 Eastern time for another episode of Design Recharge. He's published his own books, not self-published, but he's gotten publishers. He's in um, his own, uh, he's in college newspapers. He's in, his comic is in newspapers all over. So I, I love talking to 
you know, entrepreneurs. He started it. He believed in it. I'm, I don't know how he can be that creative. He has to create at least one comic a day. Um, it's, it's amazing to me. And so he even pulls in some of his social work uh, know-how. So it's great. Mm -hmm. He lives in New Jersey now and he goes to Comic-Con every year. So if you know anybody who's interested, tell them to head my way. Like us on Facebook, you'll get the updates. If you want to get on the email list, go to designrecharge.org and sign up. And I will not spam you. It'll be once a week. I send you something. So <laughs> have a great week. Join us. And thank you so much for coming. And Drew, I'll see you at five. Bye, Megan. Thank you.